When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Any good stories from the road? Play book. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mon geese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. What's up, everybody? Junk. <laughs> Sorry, I was about to call this something that it wasn't. This is the Georgia Show. Uh, I haven't. I've never hosted this thing before. So Wes is. Uh, I got some big shoes to fill tonight. Wes well, is actually to the at club, Disneyland. Jake. Yeah, welcome to the club. I mean, you, you're the only one of us that hasn't hosted the podcast before. Yeah. So yeah, I, I guess all the way in now. We we've done this finally. Uh, Wes is uh, literally at Disney. Um, he, that Georgia wins the title, Wes goes to Disney, and that's how it goes. But he's having a great time, and uh, he deserves it. Dude works hard. Uh, but listen, uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Um, we got a lot to talk about. We're, we're going to talk about uh, the the celebration uh, and and kind of how that went. We're going to talk about uh, the departures, the the guys that Georgia has lost uh, via the transfer portal, via uh, the NFL draft. Or guys that just ran out of eligibility finally. Stetson Bennett, believe it or not, has. Uh, but before we get into any of that, oh, and also we're going to preview the rankings. Uh, the special edition of Dog Stocks tonight, we're going to preview those rankings. But before we get to any of that, um, obviously I have to mention um, the events of the last you know, 48 hours. And it's it's been tough, man. It's been tough looking at pictures and uh, and seeing what's going on um, with, with people, tri- their tributes to Devin Willick. And uh, and and uh, Chandler Lacroix, and obviously our hearts and thoughts and prayers and everything I could possibly give, um, go out of that family. Uh, but you know it's kind of tough seeing them up there on the on the thing. But you know, Roosh, you had a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful this morning. I uh, thought kind of you know, shared your experience there with Devin Willick, and um, you know, for those who don't get to see it. Um, it, it is, you know, with us, you know, over at Dogs HQ, it's, it's you know, a member's thing uh, that Roosh kind of shared from a personal experience. And uh, if you just want to kind of give somebody give somebody that's not a subscriber or, or didn't have had a chance to read it uh, a little bit of a you know snippet about what it's about. Yeah, um, I'm hoping we can make that one uh, free maybe at some yeah. point this week. Um, for but, sure. For sure. Um, yeah. You know, I, I just kind of went back and, you know, I, I wrote a lot about obviously all of these guys over the course of the last few years. And so, you know, I've covered these guys since they were in high school and um, Devin Willick was no exception. And, you know, what really stood out to me is in thinking about him. uh, I I know I understand a lot of why these guys choose Georgia. A lot of guys choose Georgia because that's where they're from or a lot of guys choose Georgia because, uh, you know, they think that they can make it to the NFL from Georgia. Um, Devin Willick was from New Jersey and Georgia doesn't get a lot of kids out of New Jersey. And so I never really understood fully 
what it was that Devin Willick loved so much about Georgia. But, um, you know, Rusty Mansell mentioned that somebody told him a story that Devin Willick rode a, a Greyhound bus to Georgia to work out for the coaches. Um, he, uh, you know, was so excited by the offer. He had family, has family in Gainesville, Georgia. And, you know, he said uh, there were connections that he had to the state as well. And, you know, it was one of those things that he was, he was a guy who was offered and it seemed like it kind of all came and went and they had other guys and he moved on as well and committed to Penn state. And then when Sam Pittman left and took the job at Arkansas, there was a opening because Josh Braun decided to flip to uh, the University of Florida and Matt Luke called Devin Willick. And I mean, within a matter of days, Devin Willick took his official visit, signed with Georgia, decommitted from Penn state. I mean, it all happened very, very quickly. And, you know, I thought that that was just very telling of the young man and, and his love for this school. Um, you know, I, I didn't get to know him on a personal level in terms of, you know, what he was about or what he was like. And there's a lot of tribute pieces out there that I encourage people to go read. I'm not saying, you know, we, we've got the end all be all, you know, uh, Jeff Sintel, I think, did a beautiful piece over at Dog Nation. Um, you know, there there were a lot of great pieces out there that, that people have done about him. But what really struck me about um, about Devin Willick was the uh, just the want to be in Athens. Um, it seemed prevalent from the time he got the offer and um, seemed like a guy who was just really thankful to have the opportunity. And, and you know, you hear guys say, I'm blessed to be here. And he was a guy who really felt like that was the case for. Us. So, uh, you know, a terrible tragedy, um, you know, reminded me of I had something in my own life about 10 years ago, not dissimilar from it um, and from the reports that we're hearing about, you know, Cedric Van Pran and Jalen Carter and their proximity to all of this when it, when it occurred, you know, it reminded me a lot of that and it drew a lot of par parallels into my personal life. And um, that made it, that made it even tougher to think about, but overall, I mean, there's no making sense of things like this. Um, all you can do is really extend condolences and send peace to people and, and pray that that, happens for them at whatever point in their life. Cause I'm sure it's not going to be today. It's not going to be tomorrow. It's these things take time and they don't necessarily heal. I once heard somebody say that grief is like, uh, it's like a ball and it never shrinks, but your life grows. And so the room around the ball gets bigger and maybe that's the way that you have to look at it. I don't know. Um, you know, for me, it changed me a lot and I'm sure it will these people too, but, um, just a, a devastating situation all around. And, um, you know, I, all I can do is add my add my thoughts and, and prayers, and and uh, I've been doing so pretty fervently here over the last forty eight hours, as I know you guys have as well. Palmer, any uh, any personal experiences here? Any uh, observations of Del Devin Willick? Uh, you know, over the last couple years. Yeah, um, you know, we like Jake said, he was somebody that came onto the scene late for Georgia and typically those guys don't end up being um, or, or very often those guys don't end up being major contributors. They're, they're more of a filler piece in the class. And that's kind of what I thought of, um, you know, when, when it came to Willick, but so that's why when we ended up getting to talk to him this past spring, it was very surprising. Um, it, it, you know, somebody asked him, I went back and rewatched the interview yesterday um, and, and somebody asked him, you know, Hey, we read into these this way too much. What does this mean that Kirby is sending you up here? And, um, you know, obviously uh, we saw how the 2022 season played out. He played in all 15 games, started two of them, 
was a key contributor on the Georgia offensive line. And, and that's part of the reason why Georgia Kirby sent him up to talk to us. But I also think that Kirby probably sent him up to talk to us because of the person that he was, the figure that he was in the locker room. Um, you know, you, you can tell based on the offensive line and, and those guys being so close, um, you know, how much, how much he cared, um, you know, how much he, he didn't, want the spotlight to be on him. He wanted it to be on the team. He, you know, told us this spring that he was very willing to play wherever and uh, you know, whatever his role was, that's what he was happy to do. And um, you know, like you said, Roos, he wanted to be at Georgia for one reason or another. Um, and, and that was clear based on, and he wanted Georgia to succeed. And, and that was clear based on the comments that he shared with us. Um, Funny story, you know, we, we were we had had a conversation this spring um, amongst the media members uh, talking about different pizza in Athens. And, and we even asked Kirby and um, Devin comes up and we talked to Devin about food. It's He's an offensive lineman. Uh, and so we asked him, you know, being a New Jersey native, uh, you know, what, what it was that he missed the most about New Jersey and living up north and. He, he said it was the pizza. He said it was the food, the pizza, the bagels. Um, spoken like a true offensive lineman right there. So um, very glad that we got to have that experience of speaking with Devin. Um, and and also, I mean, going back and looking through uh, photos from the championship celebration, um, I, I said it to Cedric Van Pran as, as the offensive line bus was pulling up. Nobody has more fun than offensive linemen. Yeah. I think that's incredibly fair to say. And I think that's also what makes this so hard um, is just the idea of, you know, going from the the high that Georgia was experiencing um, earlier in the day to something like this. Um, that's, I think, what makes that all the more all the more difficult. Not I mean, this is there's no there's no easy way to, for this to happen. I mean, that that's not, not fair for me to paint it that way. And I, I hope I'm not. But. I think to go from the mountaintop that you were on to, to dealing with this is uh, a pretty far fall and a pretty, pretty big shock to the emotional system. Yeah. And I think that's what it looked like from, you know, a 30,000 foot view for a lot of people is they saw it and they were like, man, this team was, you know, riding high yesterday and um, now kind of dealing with some devastating losses. And, you know, obviously heart goes out to, um, you know, the, the, the recovering uh, victim that was in that uh, car accident and, and Warren McLennan as well, that, that he's able to kind of able to find some peace and all this. He is, he is apparently fine some cuts and nicks and bruises for him. And, uh, you know, I know we talked a lot about uh, Devin Willick, but Chandler LaCroix, uh, I've heard, I've talked to several people kind of in the community here recently or here in the last 24 hours that are like, yeah, she was this, or yeah, she was that, or yeah, she was involved in this. And, um, you know, obviously somebody who meant a lot to the community and a lot to that program, you see a lot of those recruits um, bringing her up. I just talked to her yesterday. Um, you know, a lot of the girls that work with her, the ladies that work with her um, were really, um, you know, just, you know, had the greatest things to say. So, um, you know, I definitely wanted us to have a chance to talk about that uh, because that's a very, that's, that's what's here right now. And and I think all of us understand that everything we're about to talk about doesn't matter compared to that. Um, but, um, you know, hopefully it'll get your mind off of it for a little while because I think you saw just a few minutes ago how it's kind of impacted uh, me when I think about it or see it too much. Um, just 
breaks my heart. A lot of life lost there. But let's um let's kind of transition here. And Roos kind of did it a minute ago talking about that mountaintop thing, the celebration. Uh um, I was there. Palmer was there. Palmer apparently was breaking all sorts of laws. I hear, uh, you know, just walking down the middle of the street. Um, uh, I, I actually was able to go with my family. It was a really cool experience. Um, Kirby was fired up. Uh, Stetson Bennett was not. Uh, we can get into that if you want to. I don't really care to. Stetson doesn't know me nothing. Uh, but um, I will say incredible atmosphere for that parade. It wasn't – I looked back – and it wasn't the same celebration Saturday inside the stadium that it was last year, but that parade, uh, I can't imagine last year's parade being that much more live. I'm just seeing this celebration footage for the first time. That that Man, come on now. They give Kirby Smart a BMW M3, and they make it Chidera Uso Dereme set on hay bales. That ain't right, man. Made, oh, made Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin did the one <laughs> <laughs> did, did you Did you guys see my line in my column about the uh, celebration about Todd Munkin? Yeah. <laughs> I said he was looking. I said he looked like he was waiting on the latest leg of the Iditarod. <laughs> That's what he looked like, dude. Just bundled up little Eskimo dude right there. And he, and he calls himself a Midwest man. Yeah. Warren Brinson with the with the uh, pageant wave the whole way. I mean, that kid's going to have wrist tendonitis. Dedicated <laughs> to it, man. You got to love that. Um, no, Tell us about your harrowing experience on Lumpkin Street. Yeah. I mean, so I, I will say I was not there for the parade um, or the celebration last year, so it's it's hard for me to compare the two. Um, but I can't imagine it being uh, more exciting than it was this year. Um, and you know, I, I think that it uh it was it was fun. I mean, like you said, I, I was breaking all the laws and and walking down the middle of the street. Um, they uh, said, I'll share a little bit of a story here. The, the parade route started up by the football facility um, at, at Buttsmere and went down Lumpkin to, um, for those that are familiar with the campus, the Bolton Dining Hall, MLC area, that, that, uh, that crosswalk in the middle, uh, that's where they would let the guys out and they walked between the MLC and, and the student center, um, all the way to the stadium. Um, and, and so we, I w- started my day at the stadium, dropped my camera equipment off and stuff, um, carried some of it with me, um, to, to shoot this and, and some photos as well. Um, but when I was down there, they told me I could not stay within the barricades, um, and, and that was my understanding is that I wasn't going to be allowed to be within the barricades for the dog walk and stuff, but I had been told elsewhere, uh, that, that we were allowed to be, um, in essentially inside the ropes for the parade, um, walk up the street. There are no ropes. Uh, there were no rules. As you can see in this video, there's kids running off the street, uh, up to the cars to get autographs from the players. Uh, and so that was a really cool experience to be a part of. I think me <laughs> being in the middle of it, shooting photos and video was probably the least of their concerns. Um, they, they just wanted to make sure that the little boys and girls weren't getting run over by the trucks uh, that, that were, were carrying the players. Um, but yeah, it was, it was certainly fun uh, to be a part of, to see, um, to, to see this community come together uh, like that, it, it was it was really something special. Bottles were popped. 
I saw some champagne getting thrown around. I don't think that man throwing that champagne around was of age. I hope that was sparking I, great juice. I yeah. saw uh, I saw I saw a video of Warren Erickson just crushing a beer. I mean, yeah, just, he, yeah. he's definitely old enough. Like 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 ben, like ben Jones in the uh, the, the Patriots. Some of the Patriots. Yeah, right. him him and Warren McClendon enjoyed a nice uh, a Miller Light, but but I, I'm not gonna name the player. That uh, the the wide receiver will go that far. The wide receiver that was popping bottles of champagne. Well, I'll say this: uh, Warren Warren Erickson is definitely old enough to drink. Um, he was old enough to drink when he played in that Super Troopers movie years ago, uh, and jumped over the counter and tackled that guy. Um, I can't remember his name. Very funny guy in that movie, but uh, Farva, I believe, was who it was. Uh, it's who he looks like when he's got his little facial hair going on. Um, over the, out there doing his pass sets before the game, we became known as Farva. Now he's headed for to the a cop. It's for a what? cop. <laughs> Why'd you say that? <laughs> oh, what a movie! What a movie! Um, heck, that's a good transition into what we need to talk about next is departures, right? Warren McClendon, I'm uh, sorry, Warren McClendon is also on the way out. Warren Erickson is out. I'm really, I'm really glad to be done with that nightmare because boy, oh boy, have I written the wrong names in offensive line breakdowns. I've had Warren Merrickson <laughs> starting at tackle many times in preseason watch list and stuff. So just to get those Warrens off the team is nice. Um, but no, those are two great Bulldogs and and they they played real hard for Georgia. Uh listen, we got a lot of departures and and this is not even it as far as the transfer portal. Uh, Megan, our producer, did a fantastic job with this. But um since we have, you know, come on the air, not since we come on the air, but since we got all this planned out, Dominic Blaylock has entered the portal as well, giving Georgia an even nine. Uh, and that's not even even. This is even what we're looking at right now. Um, Bill Norton uh, was the first. Obviously, he came uh, – that was in December, right? Is uh, And, and Bill Norton has a landing spot. That's Arizona. Uh, Eric Gilbert, um, time will tell on that. Uh, Brett Sither is uh, headed to Georgia Tech. Uh, according to reports, I don't think James Singletary, Jacob Hood, or Tresman Marshall have chosen anybody, and MJ Sherman is off to Nebraska. Guys, when you look at the dog departures, transfer portal. What's the biggest one? What's the one that surprised you? What's the one that you know you're like, all right, this guy could have helped Georgia most the next year. What's the one just stands out to you for whatever reason? I, I don't know that I would say I was predicting him to help Georgia next year, but. Jaheim Singletary's seemed a bit interesting to me personally. I mean, I thought that there probably would be some attrition from the young guys when it came to the defensive backfield, but Singletary was such a highly rated player and a guy that had seen Georgia's system work kind of so proof positive that I thought he might stick around. Um, and so his was just a little bit surprising to me. I get it. And I think that that's pretty telling actually, of what he sees as the future of that room. So that should be encouraging, even though it sucks to lose a five-star player anytime. Um, but I think Singletary's departure to me stood out um, uh, probably the most of any of them, just because I thought it was a, an interesting choice at this point. Yeah. Obviously pick it based on why it stands out to you. I was just bringing up some reasons that it right. might stand out to you, but yeah, I, I would probably, it'd probably be hard to disagree with that one all the way around. And it didn't even feel like a surprise as much as you're just kind of like, this never really had a chance to blossom. This never really had a right. chance to get going. He was, if I'm not mistaken, Jake, he was a, uh, he was a summer enrollee. Yeah. That's uh yeah. It's best I remember. Right. Yeah. So summer yeah, enrollee. Yeah, I mean, he was several months behind, you know, Dalen Everett, who who actually, you know, kind of made a little bit of a splash there and was Georgia's number three corner for a while while Nyland Green 
um, was battling, may have been the number three corner after Nyland Green came back. Uh, Palmer, any of those transfers stand out to you? Obviously, Dominic Blaylock can be uh, a part of that group as well. Yeah, I'll go. Um, I'll go with Tresman Marshall because of the the contributor that he was, and and also because I think you were going to take him, Jake. Um, nah, I actually wasn't. <laughs> but that's a good pick. Uh, you know, the, the contributor that he was to this Georgia defense. I, you know, I understand really with all these guys. I do understand why they are leaving. Um, they're not first on the depth chart. They're they're you know behind several guys and. In most cases, you could probably make the case that they were never going to be first on the depth chart. But Tresman was a major contributor, um, obviously an, an upperclassman looking for um, you know more playing time, and, and I can't, can't fault him for that. Um, do think that a team is going to get a really good player in Tresman Marshall, somebody that's been a you know contributor when healthy. Um, when, when he's been healthy, he's been a major contributor, maybe not the first, second, third linebacker. I mean, this year he was the third linebacker, but Georgia really only played two. Um, but somebody that has been able to provide depth, you know, throughout his entire career when healthy. And if I'm not mistaken, he might've been the highest rated guy in that class. Um, no, he, he came in with Nicobe Dean, but he Did was, he? He, he was pretty highly yeah. rated, if I'm not mistaken. Who yeah, I mean, Marshall? was a four-star guy for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, to me, and probably even more so than Hinkson Singletary, at least in my view, I think he was probably projecting into the future about like, I mean, look what Georgia brought in this year. You right. Know, in terms of mm-hmm. signing class for 2023 at the inside linebacker position. Plus you've got what's already in place. I mean, yeah, I get it, man. And, you know, I, Jake, I think you said on the board, there's probably – 10 schools in the SEC this guy can go start for. Coming in as high as the number two linebacker in the country per ESPN. We know for a fact there's not a school he can't go into and be the number three linebacker for. Oh, sure. Uh, He was number three for Georgia, and Georgia's got the best two inside linebackers probably in the league um, right up there with anybody. Uh, You know, I I look at it like this from Tresman Marshall's standpoint – um, if you're going to go somewhere, you're looking at a guy that probably wants to be a six-year senior at some point. Go somewhere and spend two years there. Don't just spend one. I mean, one, you can get some stuff out of it. You do the Joe Burrow thing, um, you know, even that, even if you're not playing that position, you can go do some stuff and help yourself out. And, you know, I think he can – I think Tresman could go play at a place like Miami or he could go to an Oregon or, you know, there are a lot of different places, I'm sure, that are very interested in, in adding a guy like him to their roster – um, just hope he can stay healthy for his sake. You know, he's had a, a variety of injuries. You know, listen, I don't I don't know that Ryan Davis would be that far behind. Um, you know, it may be after spring, um, you know, may have a chance to graduate this spring or something like that. But Tresman Marshall's laid it all out there for Georgia. He's not going to be have a, ever have a problem coming back to the University of Georgia. Um, that that will never be a problem for him. I'm going to go with a guy that's going to help me make this transition uh, that that we're about to do to the. Uh, to um, the NFL draft and, and Dominic Blaylock uh, doesn't surprise me. Um, what it does though, is it assures that somebody is going to play slot receiver for Georgia at some point uh, that is not Dominic Blaylock or Kiaris Jackson. And it's been a long, long time since it hasn't been at least one of those guys um, since, you know, neither one of them did it in 2018 because Blaylock wasn't on the roster and Kiaris Jackson played more running back than he did slot receiver. And when he redshirted that year too. Yeah, he, he redshirted, but he also had one carry on a tall sweep for six yards. 
Um, so he basically MTSU, did nothing. my first game that I covered. Yeah, 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 MTSU. That's right. You know, Cade Mays got stomped out there left tackle a couple times, and I think folks kind of figured that Cade Mays <laughs> wasn't quite the next Andrew Thomas at that point. <laughs> but um, against Middle Tennessee, uh, but it's been a long time, guys, since Dominic Blaylocker or Kiaris Jackson wasn't playing. Some 2019. So, um, you know, and then you know, Kiaris Stedman had his best year when Dominic didn't play at all. Uh, there in 2020. So, um, you know, you're looking at Kiaris Jackson leaving. You're looking at those other guys leaving on that departures list for the NFL draft. And, you know, Georgia's got to retool at the slot at the slot receiver position. It's something I'm going to write about and get really in-depth with tomorrow at Dawes HQ with an impact analysis on on losing those two players. But I, George, the thing about it is Georgia has guys that are supremely capable. I mean, you know, Lab McConkie, which we're hearing is going to stay – We'll see if he actually does. Haven't really heard an official decision on that. Um, you know, he could have been going to stay, you know, 30 minutes ago and heard some got some new information to decide right now that he's going to leave. I don't know. But right now I would say he's probably going to stay. So you got him perfectly capable of playing in the slot. Maybe more of an ideal fit for the slot than anything else. You've got Arian Smith. It's more of, I think, of a specialist gadget guy out of the slot, but probably has more experience actually lining up there than anybody else in Georgia's offense. Dominic Lovett, also very capable of the slot. Jake, I say I think you would probably agree. Anthony Evans, probably the most, you know, agreeable to the slot yeah. out of the receivers Georgia signed in this new class. Yeah, absolutely. I think that he's a perfect fit. And I mean, he's basically the second coming of Arian Smith, although he's probably much more football focused than Smith was in his high school career. I mean, God, I heard F come out of your mouth there, and I thought you were about to say much faster. I, are you, I, man. Yeah, I, hey, listen, if you go look at mile split, his 100-meter times, Anthony Evans' 100-meter time in high school per mile split is faster than Arian Smith's. What is Anthony Evans? Anthony Evans, I think, is uh, 10-1-3. Oh, shit. I thought he was like a ten six. <laughs> well, and, and and I mean, you've got CJ Smith, somebody that's that's a burner as well. Yeah, maybe maybe not necessarily for. The I'm sorry, squash. I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. Ten two seven. Ten two okay. seven. Well, still. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. Slow. Ten two seven. Um, Arian Smith. Palmer uh, Palmer was running ten two sevens down Lumpkin Street uphill. <laughs> um. So 2020 outdoor rankings, uh, Arian Smith, 10, four, seven. So a full two, a full two seconds, uh, full, full 0.2 seconds faster, um, in high school, uh, per the mile split. So, yeah, my man, Matthew C's got a good point about Jermaine Johnson, how he just needed one year, 100% on that Tresman Marshall thing. He might only need one year, but it's, you know, give yourself two. It's, it's never a bad thing. I do I think, think he could I, go do that and decide to jump to the NFL, go be a hundred tackle guy. He just needs to stay healthy. I think, too, that Tresman Marshall and Jaheim Singletary are two guys that it would not surprise me to see Georgia playing against one day. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I could also see both of them at Florida State or both of them at Florida. Uh, or not not Florida, but both of them Miami. at Florida State. Both of them at Singletary Clemson. to Florida makes a lot of sense to me. It does. Uh, were they, they were heavily involved first time around, right? They were, yeah. He was an Ohio State commit the first time. Um, but, yeah, Florida was definitely a, a, big, um, a big part of his recruitment for sure. Well, gotcha. he, he's from Jacksonville and and did take notice on his Instagram story. He had a I'm coming home playing in the background. So whether that means to the state of Florida to be a Jacksonville Dolphin. Yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> big get for the Dolphins. Big, <laughs> big get. Did Deion Sanders become the head coach of the Jacksonville <laughs> Dolphins? We'll never know. Um 
But no, looking back to this slide thing, uh, really in depth. Uh, I've already gotten most of it done. Uh, encourage you guys to come on over, check us out. Uh, Thirty bucks, um, and that'll get you through August thirty first. I'm through that. By the way, Roost, that story that you said you want to make free, I made it free before you were done talking. So if you want to come over and read that Devin Willick story, the thank you, Devin, uh, by Jay Roos, come over and read it. It is uh, it is a free story. Um, so something we wanted our subscribers to be able to see first thing this morning, uh, but definitely don't feel like leaving it long enough to make a dollar off of it because that would be BS, and we're not going to do that. So, um, all right, when you're looking at the, key, the departures from the NFL draft part of this, um, biggest loss in your opinion i think we can you know obviously you can even pick i guess amongst the guys that we knew were leaving even though i think jalen carter is just kind of a slam dunk there but biggest loss amongst the guys i think that maybe there was a question about hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, it's tough. I mean, Jalen Carter obviously is the answer. I mean, there's no question about it. There's nobody. I, I would argue with you, Roos, that I think I would take Broderick Jones. I would bring Broderick Jones back before I brought Jalen Carter back. Jalen Jalen Carter is Jalen Carter's just on a different level, man. I mean, Jalen Carter Jalen Carter may be the best defensive player in college football. He is. I mean, Broderick Jones is probably not the best offensive tackle in college but he, football. But I would he argue that he can team, be. He um, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And on this team. That may be even more important. I'm not saying that that's not the case. To me, Carter's just, I mean, he's just a different cat. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I said i said Warren Erickson because I think that Carter and Jones were so expected, at least in my mind. Uh, Erickson, or uh, McClendon. God, see, you made me do it now. <laughs> McClendon, McClendon is McClendon's the guy who, who, I thought, who I thought could have returned and could have probably boosted his stock even further. And I think that because I expected those other two guys to go and he was kind of maybe, and he was kind of a maybe comeback. I think he's the most impactful personally. I mean, the other guys I kind of expected it for, I mean, you, you thought he, I mean, I thought Keely Ringo would be a three-year guy in college in high school. Right. I mean, that was just the expectation when you're six foot two and you run four, three. I mean, Dude, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at this list and I'm seeing, I'm seeing at least five guys I felt that way about. Ringo, Smith, Washington, Carter, yeah. Jones. Yeah. I feel like all of those guys were three and done. Yeah, Carter, I don't know that I would have and said no that. one's not. Maybe straight coming out of, of, of high school. I, I mean, I, I got to give – listen, I've told this story a million times. I, I'll tell it again here, though. Uh, I remember going down to a popka and I interviewed his high school coach. I interviewed Jalen Carter's high school coach. And he didn't tell me who said it, but he said there was a college coach who came through here and he said, that kid right there will be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft when he leaves here, when he leaves college. And that, that story always stuck with me because I've never heard a guy say that. I've never heard a coach tell that story. And uh, sure enough, that turned out to be right. You should, uh, you should follow up, use your uh, great reporting (laughs) skills, follow up now that he's out of college, probably going to be a top 10 pick. Uh, I would be interested to see who said that. I would like to know. Who you, you know, I, I do agree with you. I think Warren McClendon, and I was excited when you said Warren Erickson because I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, great. 
Yeah, Come on, I was, you had to know I was going to speak. I was surprised. I was surprised, but excited that that my guy was still on the table. Far uh, I do think Warren McClendon is a big one because you do lose both tackles here, and and Georgia did have three guys that played tackle um, at a starter level this season. And if you could have, and and Amarius Mims didn't have the option to leave, so if you could have brought one of those two back, that would have been huge, and tackle would not be a question at all. Um, you know, it kind of like it wasn't last year. You had obviously you were losing Jamari Salyer, but Broderick Jones had played and started some games, so you didn't feel like that was a major concern. I, I felt like I wrote that a couple times this year about Broderick is that. Typically, left ta- losing your starting left tackle means that that's going to be a huge concern going into the season. It was not, even though that was Broderick's first year as a full-time starter. Um, next year will be the first time that Amarius Mims is a full-time starter, um, and, and I don't think that he's going to be a concern. But losing both tackles, now you're going to have somebody, inevitably somebody at one of those tackle positions, that is, unless you start Xavier Truss at a tackle um, and, and I guess he's still got a decision to make. Um, he's he's the only person that, outside of Marius Mims that has a start at tackle under his belt uh, left on this team. And so, you know, I, I think that that immediately becomes a major question. Does Ernest Green get healthy in time for spring? Uh, you know, and, and is he able to, to, you know, push for playing time at tackle? Um if Cedric Van Pran comes back, we saw Austin Blasky play tackle in, in the spring game last year. Could he play tackle? Uh, you know, Tate Ratledge and, and Xavier Truss are both guys that, that came out of high school as tackles but have, have spent the majority of their time in college as guards. Does either one of them make the bump outside to tackle? Um, you know, I, I think that that is, that is losing both tackle two tackles is huge. And, and McClendon was the one that I thought uh, was, had a better chance of coming back. Palmer, I swear to God, I was about to start a tackle drinking game. <laughs> tackle, 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 tackle. <laughs> just, just, I mean, just turn the bottle up. Now, the reason I would pick Broderick Jones is Broderick Jones would give you the best chance of like having your offensive line back for another season. Um, you know, because losing McClendon, you know, would suck. But then, you know, Mary Smith did start the last two games. And so I think, you know, you would basically and, – and as much as I think Warren McClendon was just an absolute rock for Georgia, never really stood out, and that's the best thing about him. Um, you know, as much as he was great, I think, you know, you've got two supremely high upside tackles there. Maybe the two most talented tackle combo that, that Georgia's seen in a long time. You know, I mean, you know, it seemed, I mean, all the way back since 2019, maybe, uh, to Isaiah Wilson and Andrew Thomas. I mean, I, you know, I was trying, that was actually kind of a joke. I was looking at Roos's face while I said that to see if he'd pick up all the way back to 2019. Well, I was, I was sitting there when you first said it, I was like, I was like, it really wasn't that long ago. Well, I I still think those two might be more talented, you know, like I think, I think as a whole, whole, yes, I would agree with that. And to me, I, I think that people, I think, I think the right win. tackle might be more talented than the left tackle in that scenario long term. I agree. And I think that it's one of the things I, I think, listen, Broderick Jones, special makeup, special build, uh, the, the whole nine yards. Prototypical. Hey, also, let's just go ahead and get this out of the way, too. Found this out during the playoff. A lot of stuff we learned about these guys during the playoff. Cool ass kid. Like, Broderick. the funniest dude. 
Um, very much enjoyed my time with him at Media Day. I mean, great kid to talk to. One of the yeah. best. I mean, listen, that guy's he, he's out of Latonian. I'll tell you this. I think you know this. You've covered kids out of Latonian. It don't come easy in Latonian. Man. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's no. that, is, that is a Buford. A Buford it ain't. Uh, but um, no, I, I think what people, I think people are going to miss Warren McClendon a lot more than they they think they will. Oh, sure. Warren McClendon to me was a guy who could have played any of the five positions at the university of Georgia on the offensive line. I really, and I thought that coming out of high school to me, he was a do it all offensive lineman, a Swiss, a complete Swiss army knife. You could have pugged and played him anywhere across that line. And I I think that, I think that's a loss that's really going to be felt. I think everybody anticipated Broderick and says, Oh, you know, obviously left tackle. That's the money position. How do you replace that? Warren McClendon, that's 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 going to be a, a one that, that people definitely are, I think, maybe wringing their hands over next year, a little bit stronger than they might be expecting. Georgia show loyalist Matthew C. down here says, Christopher Smith, where is he on this list? He's not on this list because Christopher Smith is out of gas, dude. He has nothing left at the University of Georgia. These are all guys that gave up eligibility to, uh, to enter the NFL draft. Uh, Chris Smith is on the very short list of guys who just are all the way to the end of the rope. I mean, him and Stetson Bennett and Robert Beal, I believe, and that is it. Almost never happens anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> those dudes those dudes could not play in no matter what. I mean, there's just nothing. Christopher Smith, for some reason, late in the year, thought he had eligibility left. Yeah. And, and we definitely know better than him. There so, you go. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a graphic for Matthew C. Shout out there, to there you go, my man. Big, big, but, but I totally big agree ball. with you. From a leadership standpoint and, and things of that nature, Chris Smith is definitely a big loss. Um, it, definitely an emotional leader. And, you know, I remember, dude, I remember this is one of the things I think I'm most proud of is I remember seeing Chris Smith in some practices years ago and just kind of the way he was being coached. And it kind of, you know, as a reporter, you kind of have things that lead you to things that lead you to ask things. And sometimes when you ask the right questions, you get more answers out of people than you do. And so I just, I reached out to somebody very close to the staff and, you know, very close to the situation. And I said, Hey, what do y'all think about Chris Smith? I kind of noticed this and this and the way he was coaching. Like, man, that kid's a baller. We love, we love the way he plays the game. Just got to get him a little stronger, get him a little bigger, and you know, get him to hold up. And you know, some of those hold up issues were there last year. They were not there this year. Big time prospect, a uh, big time football player, and, and maybe an NFL prospect too. I think he's going to get deemed a little bit for being undersized. And I wonder how well he's going to run. Um, you know, the, the Earl Thomases don't grow on trees, and that's kind of the mold he's made out of. And uh, you know, Earl Thomas was a. I think like a four three guy, four two guy, a very fast, and and I think Christopher Smith's going to need to be that if he's going to play, um, if he's going to be a high draft pick uh, in the NFL draft. Um, hey, out of all those guys, um, not named Jalen Carter, who do you think gets drafted the highest? Real quick. Oof, I I, re- I think Keeley's just going to. I think I think Keeley the people will take him on upside. I, I think that he'll go. I think he'll measure out perfectly. I think athletically, it'll all be there. I think that somebody will make a bet on Keely Ringo and say, look, we can, this is the best piece of clay that we can possibly get our hands on. I like that. I think Keely Ringo is Richard Sherman with great speed. Like he's I can, Richard I, Sherman I, with I, and it, if, if that were the case, wouldn't you take him high too? Absolutely. One of, yeah. <laughs> this would be different. I'll say, I'll say Broderick Jones. I think he's, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I think Broderick is the only high. one that I think has a chance outside of, I mean, I, I saw a mock that had five guys going in the first round a couple weeks ago, and and that was Jalen, uh, Keeley, 
Broderick, Darnell, Nolan. I don't necessarily – I'll be very curious to see where Nolan and Darnell go. Um, my, I was going to – my dark horse My dark horse is Darnell. I think the people, again, will fall in yeah. love with the measurables. I think that – I think the people will just if he can if he can run really well yeah yeah people will be I think people are going to be stunned by his Georgia needs every single thing to go right but it could have five first round guys again this year I mean I don't think it won't more than likely but Carter Broderick Ringo Darnell Nolan people we got people betting on uh, Kenny I can't see I can't see I can't see I have a hard time seeing it too, but I also think if you know if you get a team there at the end of the first round, they fall in love with him during the process because I think he's going to run really well. I think his arm length stuff's going to be there. I mean, listen, it didn't matter for Trayvon Walker or Leonard Floyd or any of those guys; they didn't put up massive sack seasons. And Nolan was kind of on his way to putting up a career year uh, when he got hurt against Florida. Um, I would, you know, again, I, I don't think it's going to happen either. I, you know, I think probably the best they're going to do is three. But you know, five I think, dogs. I think the they could get. I think they could get to four. It wouldn't shock me if they I had. Think the big. line would be three and a half, heavily favoring three. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're looking at five guys inside the top fifty, um, because then you get to throw Chris Smith maybe yeah. in the mix there, because um, because I think he's a guy. Well, I mean, that, that, that would probably get you to six in the top fifty. Yeah, with could and and yes yeah. there's some there are definitely some guys who could fall out of there all right speaking of prospects to see where kenny mcintosh goes i think he's, yeah that'll be interesting too because he could sneak in there he could be a james cook type you know yeah. uh, james cook i think got drafted around 60 something or 70 something though yeah he was like a third round number 64 or something like that yeah second round i think his last pick of the second round okay yeah last pick of the second round but um that'll be interesting speaking of prospects all right we got a special stock up addition uh let's call them dog stocks but this is pretty much stock up because we're talking about the on 300 release tomorrow listen we can't we can't give you any information because we don't have any information maybe we do maybe we don't who knows but um we're not gonna give you any information but we are going to kind of preview what we think you know the the on 300 is going to look like um george is going to have some risers and i don't know if you guys are able to handle this they're going to have some guys who fall and you're going to have to be able to deal with that. Um, I'm not talking to mainly the people right here. I'm mainly talking to the people who are also here and also on our message board because they're going to raise sand um, big time. Uh, all right, Jake Roos, stock up. Who you got? Stock up on Monroe Freeling, baby. I'm telling mm-hmm. you right now, big, big, big time prospect. Georgia out here with a absolute dog, according to the uh, performance in those uh, – uh, all-star games uh, just blew our evaluators away out there stole the show I think really what struck people 67290 the size is there no question about that I think what really struck people was how well he moved and how well he bit and for an offensive lineman that's what's so key and I think that um, it's number 27 in the nation right now he doesn't even have a lot of room to grow, really. But I think that he's a guy who presses for five-star status based on the uh, early returns that we got out of that Adidas All-American game and going to make Stacy Searles look like uh, maybe a damn genius. i tell you what, it, it the five-star thing is a pretty reasonable thing because he had a good camp. He's 27 overall. You're looking at roughly 31, 32 five-stars yeah. or whatever. So, you know, so we're I think we're pretty certain he's going to be a five-star. I think that's probably a safe assumption. Um, but I am interested to see how high he rises because he he really did kind of tear it up 
in that uh, in that uh, All Star game there, that uh, Adidas All American game. Palmer, who you got? I'm going stock up on Roderick Robinson. Um, RBU man, we we I felt like we talked a lot about him in in the lead up to signing day as as one of the guys that was maybe the had the highest potential um, to to rise based on what he did during his senior year. Um, I'm also going stock up on him because he was having fun at the championship parade. Um, nobody enjoyed that parade more than the early enrollees, I think, because, and it's funny because they didn't do much to get there other than sign with Georgia, sign their on third base and thought they hit a triple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Roderick, I mean, had one heck of a senior season. Um, one of the most outstanding players in the state of California. Um, I would be surprised if he doesn't uh, crack the top 10 of the state of California um, in terms of on three consensus. I I mean, I am really high on where Roderick Rob, where, how he finished up that senior season. I mean, he had four touchdowns in the state championship game. You you can't finish a year much better than that. Um, And and I want to say he had three or four in the semifinals as well. So um, stock up on Roderick Robinson. I think Georgia, I, I'll be very curious to see how he um, how he fits into that running back room next year. Um, going back to the conversation we were having with, with Kenny leaving, um, you know, you, you've, you've really got to find a, a pass catching back um, because I don't think Kendall Milton is that. I don't think Dejan Edwards is that. I don't think Branson Robinson is that. Maybe Andrew Paul is. We didn't really get to see. Uh, his skill set this year, but if Roderick Robinson can come in and, and be a proven pass catcher for them, uh, I think, and and he's here early, so he's got a chance to to get a head start. Something that Branson and Andrew did not have uh, going into this last season. I think Roderick Robinson uh, has a chance to be an early contributor. So stock up on the Cali kid. Listen, hey, you got to note this. I saw this on Twitter. Um, from Cal High Sports, one of the guys, uh, one of the groups that covers those guys out there, Roderick Robinson named Mr. Football, the last guy from Lincoln High School uh, to be named Mr. Football, 1977. That was Marcus Mark Allen. Holy cow. Yeah, he's got a rich tradition of running backs to that high school. Everybody knows about Terrell Davis. You got Marcus Allen, Roderick Robinson. And, you know, if you go and talk to some of the old heads around that building, they'll probably tell you that none of them three were the best running back to ever come through there. It was probably them or their brother. Uh, but uh, um, that's just the way it goes, man. You, you sp- Listen, you spend enough time around these high school. I told Roos years and years ago. Westlake Dads, that. man. Westlake yeah. Dads. Westlake Dads, dude. You talk to those Atlanta area dads. Me at Roos and I went to a uh, Westlake uh, Langston Hughes game with Don. Andre Walker was there, and uh, uh, you know AJ Terrell. They turned this on too, wasn't it? AJ Terrell, Nigel Warrior, all of those guys were out there, and and that's what those dads were telling me. They were th- those, you know, they they figure out where you're from. And they're like, hey man, hey hey, y'all need to check out this kid over here. And AJ Terrell, nobody knew who he was, and he was, I believe, the only guy on the field that day. You know, some of them got drafted. Uh, I don't know if Nigel Warrior got drafted, but I do know that DeAndre Walker got drafted. Montrevious Atkinson was a college football player uh, at Auburn. Um, only first round pick on the field that day was AJ Terrell, and those dads knew exactly what they were talking about because he was a he was a stud. And uh, Georgia probably kind of botched that recruitment a little bit. I think they probably could have had AJ Terrell, but one of the few things Mel Tucker did wrong, he made up for it by getting Eric Stokes. Uh, all right, so 
it's been kind of tough for me to kind of pick one, but I'm going to go all the way back to our buddy Chad Simmons, who is the best at this and being a human that of anybody you know. Um, Chad went back and he saw Gabe Harris, what was it, six weeks, two months ago, Roos? It was way back. Yeah, yeah. it was like – I want to say it was like like yeah. late October maybe, something like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe in late October, maybe in November. I mean, yeah. Yeah, hopefully. But, it, I mean, it felt it – felt, it feels like it was a long time ago now. But I know that we had a rankings update right after that. Yeah. Like immediately after that. Like he saw him on Saturday. The rankings update was Monday. That means all of that data was in. I'm going to bet on that and say that, you know, Chad saw him. I think Gabe Harris rises because I love that film. And the more we kind of have talked about, um, the more we've kind of talked about the the outside linebacker position at Georgia, I don't know, man. I, I look at those three guys. We talked about maybe one moving to a five-tech. You know, Gabe, Gabe Harris is listed as a defensive end and not an edge rusher like those other guys is. So I assumed it was kind of going to be him. Chad said that he had kind of trended the other way weight-wise. He had kind of slimmed up. I think he's a guy that we could see rise and, and you know, kind of have, um, you know, something pretty impressive uh, based on just Chad's comments on how good he looked. And um, I'll be interested to see where he is tomorrow when the rankings come out. But Gabe Harris has got to keep your eye on going forward for Georgia at that outside linebacker position. Him, Damon Wilson, Samuel Mpemba, um, you know, we'll see how it all works out. But I, uh, I, I'm, I think he's a guy that, you know, Valdosta, IMG. I mean, I'm if I'm not mistaken, huh? He, he was at Thomas County Central. As oh, well. he was there too. Yes, he was. Jeez. Yeah, golly, he made his, <laughs> he he made his murderer, murderer's, murderer's row of high schools. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, did he go to Parkview while he was at it? <laughs> Just dropped into Butte, had a cup of coffee at Buford. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's get over to Jefferson. I yeah. didn't live with me. No doubt. <laughs> Jake, Jake Rowe just opened his home. If, you, if you're a five-star guy, Jake Rowe has a spot for you. Come be a Jefferson Dragon. I Jake, got an unfinished Jake. basement and cots. <laughs> Jake was going to say something, and I think I know what he was going to say. Maybe. I, you never really know what Jake was going to say. But Gabe Harris played more snaps this year than – I know I was about to say that. That's year. what I thought. That's what yeah. you want to finish. Yeah, he finish my thought then. Yeah, huh? You want to finish the thought then? Yeah, he outsnapped Sam and Pimba this year. Yep. So that's that's well, interesting. And, and the other thing he's got going for him over in Pimba, at least in my opinion, is that he's been a defense focused guy. And Pimba's yep. been a guy who split time on both sides of the ball. So he's and played a lot in soccer. And soccer. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So I mean, Gabe Harris is Gabe Harris. Man, listen. Go if you go over to this profile on on three and read what Chad had to say about it. I mean, it was glowing. Yeah, it, it was. Really was. It really was. And, 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 and I think another indication is is how high everyone in the industry is on him. The fact that consensus is much higher than the on three ranking. You got a good feeling that those are probably going to level out pretty pretty quick. Yeah, they definitely the gap closes at the very end almost every time. Um, you very rarely see everybody going a different direction. Right at the uh, right at the very end, so that that gap closes. You know, somebody's had some experience with some composite rankings and stuff. Uh, you know, the composite, the consensus. There's all that stuff, um, but ours is equally weighted. You know, twenty five percent, twenty five percent across all four networks. That's not the case everywhere else. But all right, so before we kind of play out the string here, I got I got to bring this up because of Sam and Pimba, um, soccer kid. At what point do, do, do we ever see a, a college get a kid like Samuel M. Pimba on campus? 
and they're like, oh, man, he's just not going to work out on defense. But they're like, dang, he can kick that football. And then you end up with a 6'5", 6'4", 260-pound absolute beast. We've seen just, fat kids. We've seen fat kickers, yeah. right? I mean, now we've seen that. So, I mean, it's it's the next logical step. Can, right? you, can you imagine like a guy like Sam and Pimba wearing like the number 42, right? Can you, can you imagine him in coverage of his own punt? Yes. <laughs> Florida had a kid years ago, and I can't remember his name. Y'all, it was back in like the late 90s, early 2000s. He wore like number 38, and he's a straight-on kicker. He's a straight-on punter, a straight-on kicker. He kicked that thing. And he followed it, dude. He was just, I mean, like he was, it was almost like he kicked it and was running under it the whole way. And and he would he would just lay dudes out. I mean, it was one of the more impressive things I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, I mean, can you just imagine like a six five, two hundred and fifty pound dude just kicking and following his own kick or or kicking and 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 you know, uh, a uh, an onside kick? So I, I I'm I'm assuming we're gonna save this for the next show, but George has been on a hell of a recruiting run here lately. Also. Yeah, very true. Yeah, so we can touch on that in in our next edition. But. You're talking about the you're talking about the two guys that they got here recently. I'm talking Jake, about. I, I, got, I got you his name. Five five name. Matt, and I'm gonna butcher this last name. He did wear 38. I'll be able to pronounce the name. I know I will because I. Theo Trowitz. Petrowitz. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm notoriously bad with pronunciation. Yeah, I mean, dude, he used to kick it and just smoke dudes. <laughs> yeah, it was, it his, his, his Florida bio says, handled kickoff duties for four years. A rare conventional straight-on kicker, played with an aggressive style, and had 38 career special teams tackles. Man, I'm so glad my, I've got some brain cells connecting and firing and rubbing together up there, and I just nailed that. That makes me feel so good about my college football knowledge. Roos, just tell us real quick about these two dudes who committed to Georgia today. Well, I, let's, I mean, we've got five, really, since the last time we were on the show. Okay, let's don't. We ain't got time for that. Okay, well, so uh, we'll talk about the 2025 kids. Just, we'll just name them real quick. Name everybody. Okay, here we go. We'll start it off. Uh, Smoke Bowie in the mix from the transfer portal comes in, former Georgia commit now part of the uh, 2023 class. Follow that up with Peyton Woodyard. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, number two safety in the class of 2024. Uh, st- stand out from St. John Bosco, one of the top, the top high school program in America per max preps this year, won the national championship in high school football. Then you followed that up with the number three safety in the class. Javon Bullard's clone. Jalen Hayward, who I absolutely agree with you, Jake. Jalen Hayward, Jay, uh, Hayward looking like a young Javon Bullard out there. Uh, go check the tape on this guy. Just wrecking dudes. Uh, and then you add two 2025 commits on Monday in Micah DeBose as well as Justice Terry. Um, if you're if Justice Terry's name sounds a little familiar, you might know him from Twitter because he went viral for just being a gigantic like 13-year-old. The, uh, the, the picture of him standing next to Trayvon Walker – uh, Trayvon had just been picked as the number one player in the draft or, or was just about to be picked. And justice is just as big as him as, as a 15 year old. Yeah. I mean, these, the, the DeBose kid too is like six, five, 300, 310. So, I mean, you pick up two massive kids, Georgia up to what four, I think it is. in the, now in the 2025 class, you've got the number two and number three safety for 2024 already committed and a very legitimate shot at this point at the number one safety in the class and KJ Bolden. So that's, 
who may or may not play safety, right? No, no question. No question. And same thing with Mike Matthews, right? Like maybe he plays wide receiver. Maybe he plays defensive back. We don't know. Who cares? Let them play center if they want to. Tell them what you got to to get them on campus. But either way, Georgia with a really stellar recruiting run going off of this national championship, um, things just continuing to look up for him on that front for sure. And uh, Aiden Cruz over here with a quick question I wanted to hit on. He said uh, he asked about Walker Howard, the LSU transfer. I don't, I don't really see. I haven't heard any smoke there. Yeah, I haven't heard anything there either. I also see there was a there was some talk up here about uh, said Cedric Van Pran and Lad. Um, the deadline is today. I don't know with all the events at Georgia that they may have been able to get like a little bit of a of a reprieve for that. Um, maybe they'll give them until Friday because there's a 72-hour reconsideration window for those guys. I'm not sure there. Um, I, at no point did I expect any announcement from them today. Those that That's the farthest thing from those guys' minds right now, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, based on intel, I would – you know, I've said it already. I think Ladd would probably stay um, if, you know, today is based on everything that I've heard. And, you know, I've been hearing for several days now that Cedric Van Pran is just 50-50, and that's a lot better than it was – on Tuesday, what a big, uh, what a big yeah. God Almighty! What a big uh, if he comes yeah. back, that changes the face of the offensive line next year. Because uh, talk about a key point, uh, for yeah. Well, and 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 you know, Matthew C mentioned losing leadership. I mean, you, you've got a guy that was a captain as a junior. That that would be huge to get him back. Yeah, not, not many, not many junior captains. Well, he's a he's a redshirt sophomore, but yeah. third year guy. Yeah, third right? third year guy. Yeah, not very many guys get to come back and be a cab captain as a junior. Um, you know, it's, it's so weird. He's got three years of eligibility left, which is just outrageous. All right, guys, this that's all we got for tonight's show. We'll be back on Wednesday. We're going to have plenty to talk about. We're going to talk about those rankings that we previewed and see if we're right, um, revisit all that stuff, and uh, we'll have a – We'll have a, um, a welcome site on next show. Uh, Wesley Blankenship will be with us. So uh, we will oh, go see Breaking Tees also. Go check out Breaking Tees. Yeah, got- go check out Breaking Tees. Those people have good good stuff. Um, you know, real good <laughs> stuff. And uh, as, as Wes our- would say, you need a Georgia t shirt. Don't lie to yourself. They've got great <laughs> national championship merch. <laughs> I think. I think Palmer doing a half-hearted West impression is the best. <laughs> you need a Georgia T-shirt. Don't lie to yourself. <laughs> All right, guys, we're goofing it's off. It's 9:30. Now. It's past Jake's bedtime. Let's get out of here. We'll get West back. We'll get this thing back on the rails. Get our lives back together. We'll see y'all later on. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.